Hey guys, just wanted to take a, a second of your time to talk about a new bra head company that has appeared on the scene to deliver high quality bra heads at an affordable price. Exact Archery and the Exact Bra Heads deliver high quality, durable, and constant bra heads for a fraction of the price working directly with manufacturers they deliver. Order a three pack of four blade bra heads today for just $20 at www.exactarchery.com. Use the promo code BLADE22 to get free shipping. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blue River Bow Hunting. Uh, I'm Brett Morse, your host. Uh, this evening, I got Corey Gelhausen. How's it going, buddy? Well, it's going good. So, uh, somebody that doesn't know the Tenacious Hunter, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, the Tenacious Hunter is my own, you know, social media platform just to show off all the hunting footage I put together and, um, uh, you know, doing hunts on video was kind of a dream of mine for forever since I was old enough to hunt. And actually, I think it was 1999, I actually killed my first deer on video. That's awesome. You're yep. super early on that on that game. I was all, you know, I, I grew up in a hunting family. It was just hunting tradition year round, like, like I live right now. And, um, yeah, it was late season, 1999. My dad was tagged out and we were hunting in the, you know, a pretty iconic hardwood where my, my grandpa always gun hunted. And it was up in the north woods of Wisconsin. And, uh, we were walking in at, no, that was a different year. Um, I was, that was actually a different deer. Um, but anyways, uh, Joel came in and I shot it and my dad had the, the video camera. It was one of them great big ones that took a VHS tape and I was up the tree in my climber and he was 30 yards behind me. And, uh, the bad part about the hunt is I, I hit her high and she was quartering towards me. And back then I was only 13 years old. So I don't even know what I was drawing, like maybe 40 pounds or something like that. Right. <clears throat> But we didn't, we didn't find the deer. We jumped her up like three times. My dad said, you know, it was, it was December. We had snow. It was cold. And he said, we'll just come back and get her in the morning. And the and the coyotes ate the deer the, the whole night before. So there was nothing left of her. Dang. But that's, but that's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wisconsin. Let's talk, uh, let's talk some Wisconsin. I've had several people on the show from Wisconsin. Uh, I got to come up there in 2020, uh, Buffalo County. Uh, man, there's just something, and I can't explain it to people because I've th that trip almost like changed me. I, I, for for the longest time, if you had asked me where I'm going to retire at, I would have told you South Kentucky, Tennessee, somewhere in there. Uh, when I went on that trip and I come back, I told the wife, I said, "When I retire, I'm retiring in Wisconsin." It was it was it was like perfect for me. Beer mm -hmm. drinking, everybody deer hunting's die hard. Yeah. Uh, hockey, I mean, it was just like. This is where I should have been born, I feel like. <laughs> but what's it mean to you to hunt in Wisconsin? I it's like I said, it was it was family tradition. Uh you know, growing up hunting my grandpa pretty much he taught me the ways of the woods and we were we were out year round and my grandpa he didn't get along he didn't get around the woods too uh well. He was you know, he was getting old and he just couldn't do the things he used to do, but my dad got me out and you know, we were uh in the summer we'd be out looking for wild ginseng and picking that and you know the whole time we're scouting deer and learned a lot that way and uh i see yeah i say it's just been a, a family tradition since day one you know i remember back before i was even old enough to hunt just sitting back at grandpa's house waiting for the whole deer camp to get in at night and see what they shot and hang all the deer up in the garage and uh 
take them all down at the end of the nine day gun season and take pictures. And we got a great big photo album. I think it dates back to like 1979. And my uncle kept that going. And I think, I think the, uh, the buck book finally ended in like 2015 and the last picture in it says something about damn iPhone through and everything. Cause you know, nobody prints pictures anymore. Everything's on a, on a cell phone or computer. Right. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I don't know. Just there was something about the heritage up there that really struck with me. Um, you know, the traditions. You could just see it all around. Even when it, it was still bow season when I was there, it was late October, and you could just if I went into this little town to have uh, dinner a couple times, and everybody was talking deer hunting at the bar, sitting there eating dinner. It's like, hey, we saw a big one running tonight, all that kind of stuff, and it was just like, man, I I, be, I feel like I belong up here. <laughs> Yeah, if you would have came up here like, you know, the the mid to late 90s, you probably would have moved right away because it was, those were the good old days when, you know, hunt, hunting heritage was strong. Um, You know, now nowadays, you know, it's it's still strong, but, you know, land access and stuff like that's getting worse. And now, you know, there's a lot of money involved when, you know, people are buying, selling property, leasing property. You know, there's there's that, that aspect of it that's kind of put a dent in the heritage, but it's it's still strong in Wisconsin. So where you're at, did, did you see like a lot of like outfitters and that type of thing come in or was it more of like a leasing thing? Uh, I just, I've hunted public land pretty much strictly my whole life. And yeah, you know, that's the Northwoods where we grew up, you know, back in the day, everybody went North to find deer because you didn't have deer down South. And even when my grandpa first moved here, he moved here from Indiana. Uh, he said there were no deer here when he first got here. That deer was all, was all new to him and you know, eventually deer season came around and stuff like that. But, you know, everybody traveled north to go deer hunting for, um, you know, back then it was mainly gun season. And now now it's kind of reversed. You know, there's not many deer left up north and everybody heads south or like where you were at, they head out to the western part of the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I was I, I worked the Indiana Deer and Turkey Expo this past weekend and got a lot of stories from a lot of people. And the the one guy said he hunted like the first ever uh, bow season in Indiana and how there was hardly ever any deer. Really, it was like if you ever saw one it was like, Oh my God, I saw a deer type of thing. And then, uh, you know, the DNR bringing them in back then you had to draw a doe tag, uh, just to be able to hunt deer. And now, now you can shoot, you know, up to two in a County, which is, you know, you add all them count 192 counties up. You can shoot some, a, a lot of deer just in one state. Yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, doe tags were unheard of and, you know, that was something, something new that came around like wow you can shoot a doe because um it was always you know just bucks only even back in the day i think you could even shoot a bear on your uh on your deer license you didn't have to put a tag on it but your your license counted towards a bear and a buck because i know there was a couple pictures from back in the day you know they'd have a line of deer hanging and there'd be a bear on the end of it that's awesome. What do you think changed the most uh, over the years of you watching it as far as uh, the DNR goes? Have they, they really taken a, a good grasp on things, or, or is it the, the opposite of that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle on it. You know, everybody points fingers and blames the DNR, but, you know, the DNR is not the one ones out in the woods shooting deer. You know, I, I hunt both areas, and – you know, up north they started the uh, T zones, which there was a lot of deer. And you know, the DNR is trying to make, and even like the I grew up in Lang Lake County, we hunted you know just Lang Lake County land, 
and it's just thousands of acres of you know woods that's open for you to hunt and you can use your four-wheelers you can pretty much get around to a lot of different spots so you know they don't want a whole pile of deer eating off everything and they don't get any money out of the you know the timber they're trying to grow but then again you know just because they send you a, a doe tag in the mail every other day doesn't mean you have to go out and shoot them but you know that's the thing up north people they love hunting they love shooting deer they love eating deer and you know you give them doe tags they're gonna go out and fill them <laughs> right for that's sure the, you hear about the guys you know there's no deer left up north we used to fill the truck you know 20 years ago that's like, well that's why that's why we don't have them anymore we used to fill the truck full of them <laughs> right and then even like uh then you get the guys down in like where i live now in the middle part of the state you know the dnr is trying to force them to shoot does because there's just hordes of does in the central part of the state and you, these guys just got in their mind that if you know if i got a thousand does living on my property i'm going to have every big buck here after the does and they don't shoot does yeah, you yeah. got to have a good ratio if you want to really get some of those some of those big bucks up on their feet. Yeah, and guys are learning that now. You know, more in the farm country and the private uh, ground that you know you got to have a balance. But I remember, I think it was 2007 ish, somewhere in there. They tried the earn a buck where you couldn't shoot a buck until you shot your doe, and you had to shoot your doe, and then they gave you a sticker, I believe. And then you had to put the sticker on your tag that made it valid for a buck. And even these guys down south here that they, you know, you still can't force me to shoot a doe. You know, they were driving up up north to where we hunted and they'd, you know, throw a 50 pound bag of corn out. And the first fawn that showed up, they'd pick them off and, you know, take them back home and get their sticker so they can go buck hunting back on their property. So that didn't work out the way they thought. Right. So you, you said that you hunt mostly uh, public land. Talk about that public land and, you know, train features and all that good stuff. Yeah, I say the, that's just what, I, you know, I grew up hunting and um, I'd say I grew up in the Northwoods and my family just stuck to the one piece of county land up there. And actually, I don't know if you can see, but that buck right back there, that's uh, it's my biggest buck to date yet. I shot that one out in Buffalo County on some, uh, there's actually some, uh, public land that a township owned out there one of my buddies found me was out there hunting and you know um i had hunted nothing but the northwoods my whole life and went out there and shot that monster and that kind of you know opened up the door that hey there's more public land out there if you just you know start looking for it right so back in the day you know it was plat books you know, just going through paging through plat books looking for the green and yellow highlighted squares that you could hunt that was either dnr you know county land of some sort Mm-hmm. And I used to own, I had three different county uh, plat books that I used to go through. And then, of course, all the apps came out, which made it a whole lot easier for me and <laughs> right. everyone else to find find the good spots. Right. You know, when I, when I went up there, it was uh, I was hunting that, that bluff country there in Buffalo County, which... That's where I shot this one was on a bluff. Yeah, that that stuff is unreal compared to what I'm I'm used to hunting here with uh, my ag and my patch woods. You know, it's a whole lot different. Is that what you're mostly hunting is bluffs, or it's it's mostly big woods that you're hunting? Mine's, you know, most people consider the big woods up north where you know it's just thirty to fifty thousand acres of endless timber. But even like where I live right here, it's um, if you blow it up on Google and look at it, it's scattered fields and it's not like where you got a 120 acre field and then a little patch of 20 
acres of woods next to it, you got, you know, 120 acre field and you got 120 or 200 acre woods next to it. So it's still, it's still big, you know, tracks of timber or, you know, a buck can go four or five miles and never have to leave the cover of the woods. He's just got to survive a couple of roads. It's not like he's got to cross big open fields to get one from one point to the other. Right. What and, about what about ag? Is there is there a ton of ag in the area? Yeah, there's a there's it's a lot of ag. Like right out here behind the house, uh, I got 80 acres I can hunt on here, and we got well, we had five bean fields and a cornfield and an alfalfa field just on that that 80. So yeah, there's a lot of ag around here. But like I say, it's not like other states where it's all ag and little woodlots. I mean, you've got just as much timber standing right next to the ag field as the ag as a uh, ag country you got, which you know we grow a lot of big deer out here cause they got spots to hide. Right. You know, we live in a spectacular area here for, you know, growing big bucks in the central part of the state. Yeah, I, I am too, but I, I have to hunt those, those ag in the little patch woods. What's that's kind of my bread and butter. I've, I've traveled, uh, even to Southern Indiana and hunted some of that big woods. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it wasn't like super hard, but it wasn't what I was used to, which I think makes you a better hunter in the end when there's certain things that you need to be looking for and that kind of stuff. And then when I got to my, my little bitty woods, it was like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't notice this before and stuff like that helped me almost transition a little bit. But, uh, do you, do you guys put any food plots back here behind your place? Um, yeah, I just, I say, I just moved in with my girlfriend about a year ago here. So I did food plots this last fall and, uh, this little chunk we got back here, um, it's mostly ag. We got, I think there's four little patches of woods that are like, you know, four or five acres a piece and not much cover. They've never been logged. So, I mean, you can see right through them. Right. And, uh, you know, I, it was a learning curve last year. I'm still learning this. I, I really didn't hunt it, you know, that much. I pretty much just blasted the whole thing full of trail cameras back here and kept an eye on things. And the only time I hunted back here was after work when I only had, you know, two hours to hunt and then uh like during rut i went back there and sat in the ground blind a couple of times just to stay dry and keep my camera gear dry yeah. but i'm still learning this back here but you know my issue isn't food it's uh it's cover is what my problem is because then you go to the neighbor's house down the road here and uh they've got probably a 250 acres of just solid cedar swamp so that's just a great big vacuum that sucks in all the deer when the hunting pressure starts up and you know why would a deer leave there they can go down there and they got that many acres of cedar swamp to hide in that you can't see more than 25 yards. Right. So, <laughs> uh, talk about um, not just only the the property there behind you, but the other stuff that you're hunting. Talk about uh, how you're, how you're scouting these properties. Um, I like, you know, I like the bigger chunks of public land. You know, you hear a lot of guys talking about, you know, the small pieces that are overlooked and, <laughs> I've, I've walked just about every little piece here in the, you know, the five counties I hunt just, you know, looking for that, that gem of, you know, overlooked public land. And there's, there's nothing up here that's not overlooked. Even if nobody's hunting it, there's people in there looking. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I like sticking to the bigger chunks. You know, if I show up and there's a couple of trucks in the parking lot, I, I got an idea where they're at or the, where the guys are hunting and, you know, I can head the other direction and get away from them. Just because, you know, you know, you're driving so far, it's not like you drive to a parking lot and, you know, there's, well, if there's, there's people hunting here, I, you know, to get in the truck and go someplace else, you don't have time to do that. Right. That's a me when you're, when you're walking, you know, half mile to a mile and a half back in, you're pretty much committed to that spot because you don't have time to go anywhere else. 
Right. And I see, I, I like hitting all kinds of different areas. Um, the one piece of public I hunt, it's, I'd say it's the hills is where I do the best, but it's got a big swamp that kind of goes right through the middle of it. But I think the reason I do so good in the hills is the guys that do hunt it, they all run down to that swamp because they think that's where all the deer are hiding. But in reality, you know, they're, they're bedding up higher on, uh, you know, watching everybody down low move through, and then they can just, you know, get back into the thicker stuff on the private land if they get bumped or they bed up right on the edge of the private land and the thicker stuff. Right. Well, that 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 leads me kind of in my in my next question. I'm kind of get kind of going to go through the seasons with you: early season, rut, late season, kind of scenarios. So, early season, say say you're hitting the the public with the, the with the swamp in it. Uh, how is you what what's your early season approach on some of these places? Early season is tough around here because you know a lot of the pieces of public uh, they don't have. You know, you don't, they don't butt right up against the ag field. And if they do, you know, they all stand out on onyx. So anybody that's hunting early season, they're all there. I mean, yeah, the, the ag field's going to draw deer in, but it's also going to draw in all the hunters because, you know, they've got, it's public land. They got the ability to hunt right next to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what they watch all the guys on TV doing is hunting the field. So that's where they go. Great. So early season, you know, it's one of the things you got to do. You got to scout the other hunters and see where they're at and just kind of cross them spots off the map. And then I just go off, you know, past, uh, past experiences where I know deer are and you just got to bump around and acorns, you know, acorns aren't a for sure thing here. Like one of my, it's you just three years and it's been crap for acorns. So the hunting hasn't been that great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just got to stay on the move. Cause like I say, one spot that, you know, it's dynamite this year you might show up there the next year and there's half dozen guys in there hunting. So you just got to, you know, keep on the move, keep on the move and, you know, just keep checking everything out until you find something that works. Right. I, I, I don't do great early season here. I really struggle. It seems like in the summertime, you know, I'll do, I'll, I'll do great for velvet, you know, trail cam pictures and video. I'll get some real tanks, but you know, as soon as bow season opens and, people hit the woods that little bit of pressure stirs them up and then you got to start all over again yeah it's something early season like that are you since it's public are you pushing the issue at all trying to get maybe close to buck bedding or you know using some of those ridge systems you think that they're betting on you getting close to that or are you still kind of playing playing off of those systems yeah i mean definitely you want to get as close to where they're bedding because they're not going to move far in early season right and uh you know i've I've got spots that I know where deer bed, but like I say, nothing's consistent and the buck bedding is tough. You know, there's just, and it, and it's not, I wouldn't blame the hunting pressure, but you got so many guys just out in the woods scouting, you know, you get a mile and a half back and you get away from the hunters, but you'll still have, you know, on trail cam, you'll have guys just walking through scouting. And, you know, I think they're, you know, they wander back there and it looks great, but then when they throw the tree stand on their back and their bow and everything and, start to hike and they run out of gas before they get back there. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's probably my biggest obstacle is, you know, trying to avoid the people that are just out in the woods looking around. And, uh, I've, I've got real big into mock scrapes. I really like, you know, if I got a deer in an area, usually, usually I say we've got some, like I said before, we've got so much, you know, good deer habitat here. They're usually off on private land 
betting and you got to try to get them when they cross the public going to some sort of food source. But I've been, I've been really getting into mock scrapes and, you know, throwing a mock scrape at them and try and challenge them to get them out there in the daylight and get a shot at them. Yeah, that's, that, that, I'm sure that's a great tactic to roll with. What exactly, what kind of products are you using uh, on these mock scrapes? Nothing. Nothing? Just pissing <laughs> I, in it? <laughs> yeah. I say I, I just, um, you know, I tried mock scrapes in the past, but, you know, I would just, you know, find a good spot in the woods or a bunch of runways come together and look around and find a branch that looked good for an overhanging branch and break it off and leave it hanging, you know, it might not be right in the middle of the runway. It might be 10, 20 feet off. And if it's 10, 20 feet off, then bucks aren't going to go use it. But I was actually hunting a, uh, uh, it was the biggest buck of my life. I was hunting him 2018 through 2020. I was after him for three years and I had him pinpointed right where he was bedding. And it was on private land. And it's just like, you know, I know right where he's at because all the trail cam pictures where he's coming onto the public, you know, point to that spot. And then, uh, in the summertime you drive down there and he there was one spot where you could park and look back in over this hill and you could see him and other bucks feeding out there so you knew that's where he was at and that's when i started you know getting big into the mock scrapes i started watching all the youtube videos and podcasts and you know getting into how to build the best mock scrapes to try and challenge him to come out and it worked i mean i i had him on every mock scrape i had in there except for the one area i had him surrounded in mock scrapes and he hit four when well, no, was it four, yeah, four out of the five that I had, you know, strategically placed to hunt him, just never got him in the daylight. daylight. Um, 2019, I had him once in the daylight. He showed up, I think it was October 26th, and that was the only daylight pictures I got of him. But, you know, just from uh, that 2019, that first year, really getting in the mock scrapes, it just, I got addicted to it for how much, you know, intel and bucks I had hitting it. For sure. I had this one property. It had a, uh, like a community, community scrape on it. And I knew it was there, but I never, when you're young and dumb, you make stupid decisions. I never put a trail. I mean, I did, I put a trail camera on, but not close enough to really get a good inventory. Uh, and then, you know, light bulbs went up and I, you know, I'm putting pieces together as I'm getting older with a lot more experience. Uh, and I put a, uh, um, a camera over it and I, I was, I was, dumbfounded on the bucks that i saw in that uh community scrape that i didn't have on the other camera that was 300 yards down the you know down the wood line uh and then i was chasing a big buck and he was hitting that community scrape like every three or four days i didn't really understand his timeline or where exactly he was coming from because it's a small piece it's like uh 34 acres or something like that i've been hunting it for a really long time uh i knew what direction he was coming from but i didn't know exactly where he was coming from uh and as of 2021 he just disappeared i don't he was ever bit of a 185 ish 190 inches i would have noticed somebody killed him or if he got hit by a car i know a lot of people and farmers in the area but i know what it's like to chase those big bucks and have multiple years after man that that it can almost get stressful i lose sleep over it (laughs) yeah yeah i'd say that first year that that big one i was hunting was gone it's like you walk on the woods you can you know kind of felt like a part of you was missing because you know you had one you had one goal of mine the last three years and now he's gone yeah. So that's like this, where you mentioned before, you know, you had uh, pictures of a buck passing by, you know, every so many days. I've, I've never had a, I've never had a deer pattern like that. So I say where I live here, it's, it's ag country, but 
you know, it's 50, 50 woods ag and the deer, you know, they got more of a characteristic of a, of a big woods deer, you know, they might only hit that scrape, you know, one, two, three times a month. And then, you know, the following year you try and base your, your hunts off, you know, you know, they, they say, if you get a buck in daylight on a scrape, you know, the following year, he's probably going to be in daylight on that scrape again, you know, within a two, three day window there. And I, Mm-hmm. I've never found that to be you know, the other case for me, but also again, too, you know, just to get a deer to show up two, three years in a row is it's tough to do whether, the, whether they get killed or, you know, food sources change, you know, if they're feeding on a cut cornfield by the public land and then, you know, the next year that cut corn or cut beans isn't there and they wander six miles away and find a different spot to, uh, you know, live out the winter, they might, they might never come back. They just decide, you know what, I'm safe here. Why well, go back? And they just, live someplace else yeah it's crazy here like right after like that chase and lockdown phase like right after the lockdown phase we really get a good a good rut here in indiana in this this patch uh patch woods kind of flat ag um, hunting uh you'd be surprised how much they travel in just a couple day period i'd have him on camera uh in a spot and the guy you know eight miles down the road have the same deer on picture multiple days in a row and it's just like you you can't believe how much they travel in that time period yeah even i'm you know uh when i was hunting that big one i had cameras i had the area just you know loaded with cameras trying to figure him out and i had a couple other bucks you know they were traveling 600 yards in 20 minutes and there's you know two ridges in between so you know whether they were going straight up and over or around them i mean they were definitely power walking to get from one scrape to the other to make it as far as they were in that short amount of time yeah it that actually uh this past year um 2022 season um a deer we got uh, done on camera my buddy adam shot a 130 the day before gun season uh and the day before he had hit a scrape he saw him and said hey let's put a stand up over here and let's let's get close to him i only got a glimpse of him let's see what he's like and he ended up shooting him the next day the day after we hung the stand that got up in there that next morning we we shot him but he was going i mean he shot him 20 yards from him being at that scrape and I've never really had success hunting near a scrape. I mean, that's not why we were sitting where we were sitting, uh, but it helped for sure. Yeah, usually like up here, you know, you find a, a community scrape. It's there for a reason, and it's it's tough to hunt. Um, to hunt over the scrape, it's it's hard because, you know, there's a reason it's there. The the deer can come there, and they can, you know, it's some kind of, you know, a, a thermal hub or, you know, some kind of a hub where all the wind is blowing right to that scrape and they can smell everything around and it makes it tough to hunt. For but, sure. you know, let's like back to the mock scrape thing. I started using the, uh, the vertical licking sticks or licking vines, whatever you're going to call them. And up North, we didn't have the vines and probably as watching, you know, whitetail habitat solutions. I started, he was bragging about how great the vines that Jeff Sturgis, you know, how great vines work. And I've never seen a vine in my life and stumbled upon, um, it seems like around CRP and, you know, kind of open grassy stuff, you get brushy fence rows. That's where I find vines around here. And I found a vine. I thought, well, I got to try these vines. And it's just, I don't know, they, they must just hold scent better than other pieces of wood. And even when you cut them, when they're green, the water just comes dumping out of them. They're definitely a different, different piece of wood. And, you know, I'll hang fresh vines up and the does love them. They just come in there and they'll eat all the bark off and strip them clean and, you know, load them up full of scent. That's awesome. I, I've never really seen the vine thing in action. I, I would like to try it out myself. It's, I gotta, 
couple places that I got access to vines like that. That's like everybody, you know, I post all the videos and pictures with these bucks on mock scrapes and people ask how you do it. And then you almost got to just not think deer hunting. You got to think trapper, you know, you're sitting a trap out in the middle of 800 acres. Where are you going to put this trap in, you know, a coyote or something's going to step right in. And, you know, it's, it's no different. You got to hang that vine in the woods where, you know, the buck you're after or every buck in the area, when they walk, when they walk through, they're going to, you know, run their face right into this vine without going around it. That's awesome. So exactly how do you set one of those up? Are you tying it to something or just is that get what creative, whatever works, you know, run a piece of paracord from one tree to another and get that vine hanging right in the middle of, uh, where runways meet and, and, uh, also terrain, you know, if it's, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to get pictures of deer, a deer, but not till at night. So I'll find, I'll find spots, you know, that replicate, you know, um, hub scrapes that I found in the past, you know, where all the deer use where, you know, I'll walk through and be like, you know, this would be a great spot for a scrape, but there's no, there's no overhanging branch here. So that's why the deer don't have one there, but then you give them one and then they start hitting it. And it's, it's just crazy how great they use it. I'm going to have to try that this year. Um, my favorite one that I've been doing lately is, uh, you know, um, I'll just, I, I made a video on it where I'll find a tree and I'll just, you know, bend the tree over it tie the top of the tree off to something else and you got this like hoop shape mm-hmm. well then you got all the cover of them branches there and i think that makes the deer feel a lot more comfortable because they got all that cover there mm-hmm. and it looks a lot natural because you got that vine hanging there instead of just you know some suspended stick in the middle of the air going from one tree to the other <laughs> right <laughs> even where like i tie my tie my vine off to the you know the rope in the middle if i'm running looks like a clothesline you know set up there uh I'll zip tie or tie some branches up there just to give it a little more realistic look. But if I can get away with, you know, tying one tree off to the other, making that hoop shape and putting the vine underneath there, that, that works best for me. Gotcha. Plus even if, and then if you're hunting over it too, you know, a a buck gets in that, in that scrape, it's just more cover for you to, you know, get drawn back on him while he's down there working the scrape. For sure. So I asked you about the early season. So when that, that that sweet spot gets here and it's uh it's the first week in November, how are you attacking these uh these pieces? Uh first part of November is probably my it's gotten to be my most disliked time of season to hunt because you know I'm I feel just like the deer. I've had the woods all to myself up until this point and now there's just freaking people everywhere. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it boils down to is you know, you figure out where the people are and you just get the hell away from them. It's, uh, it's tough. And then you get all the gun hunters, you know, they're just, you know, guys that just strictly gun hunt and they decide, well, gun season's coming, the rut's here, we got to go and see where the deer are at. And they're out scouting all over the place, the woods, you know, November's tough around here. That's the first part of November. It's just loaded full of people. And I, I'm not a fan of it. I hunt it, but you know, you, it, you gotta just roll of what with what with what you get you know you you'd have all these plans for early november and you know this is what i'm going to do and then you get out there and there's there's cars and trucks parked everywhere and people wandering scouting hunting and you know you just gotta you gotta you know usually i have a target buck in mind and i'm going to that piece of property and you know trying to hunt them the best i can so you're dealing Uh, with a lot of high pressure is what you're saying that's the worst (laughs) that's the worst time that there's hunting pressure is the first part of november yeah 
I say the rest of the year you're pretty good, but that first part of November, the the woods is just crazy. That and gun season, but gun season, you know, wherever you go, it's it's crazy. Whether you're hunting private or public land in Wisconsin, the whole state's full of woods in <laughs> right. gun season. I I want to experience an opening uh, opening weekend of gun season in uh, <laughs> Wisconsin. I want to be on private. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the private land. I mean, it's you know, there's there's hunters everywhere. It's it's crazy. People doing deer drives and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. They don't do as many deer drives as they used to, but, you know, that's thanks to trail cameras. You know, back in the day, you didn't know what was living down in the swamp. You went down there and make a deer drive to figure it out. Now you just surround and sell cameras, and you know exactly what's living there, so you don't need to do a deer drive. <laughs> right. Uh, what kind of uh, cameras are you using? What kind of what products are you using as far as I use a little bit of everything. Um, I uh, I got the Cuddyback system or the Cuddy Link system with the Cuddyback cameras here behind the house just because, you know, it's cheap. I can put up a bunch of cameras and are definitely not my favorite cameras. Uh, I've been, uh, I was, I was patiently waiting. I'm impatiently waiting for the, the L series to come out. They were supposed to be out a year ago and they still haven't launched them. There was a big screw up there. Mm-hmm. So you haven't been able to get Cuddybacks on. Um, the Tacticams are probably my favorite. I had a handful of those, and I also ran. Everybody hated the Spy Point cell links, but I love them. Um, I got a couple of them. I've had had a few issues with them, but it's usually just a firmware update fixed it. So far, I've never had any anything besides that. And I like. I got big into the white flash pictures. I bought some uh, some Covert uh, Hollywoods last year. You can get them on eBay for a hundred bucks. And they take beautiful white flash pictures, and I haven't noticed that you know the camera's scaring the deer at all. Mm-hmm. If any kind of camera scares a deer, it's an IR flash. That that IR flash, and especially I think an IR flash running in video mode, they they pick that out and it 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 spooks them. Yeah, for sure. You, you think about it, you know that that white flash. It's just it's one flash of you know bright light and it's so bright you don't even know which direction it came from it's you know it's it's like lightning at night where you know if you got a black you got a camera mounted up on a tree and you got the you know that ir you know they see that that little red glow over there or if you got on on video mode you know it lights up and stays on you know i've had them on video mode and the deer they just turn and they just stare right at that that black ir yeah uh, what about late season? Is late season better on the public? If the pressure died down a little bit, or is it still pretty high pressure? No, that's all screwed up up here. Um, like I was talking late season before, you know, up north. Uh, late season used to be one of my favorite times of hunting. I mean, um, you know, up north when you could bait, you know, you started baiting, you'd had just tons of deer showing up, or, you know, your late season hunting on a egg field, you you know, the, the hunting was awesome. But now they – they run so many doe seasons here in Wisconsin now through December. It's kind of screwed up the whole late season. Um, you know, you got gun season, they got muzzleloader season, and then they do a um, a four-day doe hunt only. So if you're hunting weekends like me, you know, there's another weekend shot where you can't even go out and hunt the buck and, you know, the deer are out there, and that's that's when the guys are doing the deer drive. So they're, they're really putting the pressure on now because they're just out there to fill the freezer shooting anything without antlers. <laughs> right. And then... I got lucky the county I live in that was that was it for the doe hunts but then uh there's a there's a holiday hunt that starts again on like the 23rd or 24th of December and then that runs to the 1st and that's just more you know that's another stretch of late season that's does only you can't shoot a buck so 
you know, it depends on what county you live in, where I, where, you know, the counties I hunt here, that's, it's a lot of doe hunting. Um, and you know, by then just that, that first, that first nine days of gun season, there's, it's just so crazy. And so many people in the woods, the deer get stirred up so bad, you know, to this day, I've never found a spot where I can go out after gun season and throw a camera up and, you know, get some pictures of some nice bucks or either they're either dead or pushed back into, you know, thick private property where, where they're not going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, talk, um, talk about tenacious hunter. Talk about how you started it, why you started it. Um, well, like I said before, I was, you know, I always wanted to do the, the hunts on video and me and a couple of friends, we started doing hunts on video back in probably around 2007 ish. And I actually bought it was the, it was the Canon XL one. That was the camera to have back in the day. And I picked one up off of eBay and that thing was, it was huge. You know, it had the, the camera body that took the little, uh, mini, uh, yeah. mini VHS tapes and then had the, the great big, like DSLR lens on it mm-hmm. and, uh, started off with that. you know, everybody's, yeah, let's do these hunts on videos. And the couple of guys I had doing it with me, but you know, then rut rolls around and it's like, well, I don't want to sit in the, you know, cameraman stand and, you know, record somebody else shooting a deer while I got a tag in my pockets. And then, you know, once late November or late October, November rolled around and it was kind of divide and conquer. And then I went off on my own and just started doing hunts on video on YouTube. And, Oh, I think I bought three or four like Midland, um, just the POV cameras mm-hmm. and 2012, 2013 killed a couple bucks on camera, just using those. And then 2014, I got on the Wisconsin whitetail pursuit DVD and we did that for two years and you know, how DVDs went, that's kind of a thing of the past now. Right. And then when, uh, the whole white, the Wisconsin whitetail pursuit thing started to fizzle out there. That's when I, you know, branched off on my own and just started my own thing on, on YouTube. And I, I wish I would have just done that way back in, you know, 2010 when I had first, you know, got serious about it. Cause you know, I'd be a lot farther along than I am right now. Cause yep. there, oh. there wasn't anybody doing it back then. That's what I was going to say. I wish I would have got into it, uh, back then too. Like, uh, early to mid two thousands, uh, and then just built on it later on, you know, I never thought I would get this deep. I mean, I always wanted to do it, but I never thought I would really be this deep into it. I mean, I'm behind the camera, uh, 90% of deer season, you know, filming uh, my buddies or filming myself. I'm not a huge self filming guy. It's, um, just not something I enjoy that much, but I enjoy being behind the camera just as much as I do being behind my weapon. Yeah, I definitely do too. I'm on the same page where, um, but you know, the self filming thing, I've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's natural for me to do. And, um, right. You know, I'm, you know, I'm sneaking in trying to get tight, you know, it's hard enough doing that with one person. You got two people trying to do it and, you know, then you got all this B roll and stuff that people are doing. And, you know, if you're going to do that, you got to just, you know, set up side some time of day and just go do it in some random spot in the woods i'm not going to be doing that the (laughs) the spots i'm in there trying to kill a deer yeah i think i struggle with that quite a bit during deer season is getting that b-roll like if i'm sitting in the stand and a board or something i see like a squirrel playing around i'll film him for a second just to have a little something something or the wind blowing some trees around or whatever you know i try to get a little bit in there yeah Uh, but 
I think I'm terrible at getting like that, the interview, like driving to the woods or talking about what you're about to do or whatever. I'm terrible. I'm just, I like to show up, get in the stand and let's start rolling. You know what I mean? I'm pretty decent about doing that, but you know, just the, uh, you know, the more, uh, cinematic stuff you get, if you got a cameraman, you know, getting, you know, I'm hunting out of, you know, sticks and a hang on all the time that I'm putting up and taking down every time I go in the woods, you know, Right, so just you're getting, just carrying just, so much stuff in there. Just getting B-roll, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, as you're scowling your way in, checking out sign, you know, it, it would just look so much better if you had a cameraman. But that's just, you know, one more guy making noise, one more guy, you know, laying scent down in the woods, stuff like that. So, you know, it's got it's got its, you know, pluses and minuses to having a cameraman. For sure, for sure. My issue lately is, you know, I get, like, I got hordes of video. It's, you know, sitting down here and finding time to edit the stuff is my issue. Yeah, I found a big problem with that uh, the past month or so. I was trying to put my Michigan turkey video together um, and put it together, and, uh, and I wish I would have really focused. I mean, I did really focus in on it, but w- once I put put it out and I watched it a couple times, I'm like, I could have done this, this, and this different. I, I, I stayed on this bird too long, you know, that kind of thing. But I had so much video of those hunts up there, I, I just tried to share with it as much as I could without – showing you 45 minutes worth of film you know what no. I mean? that's a me you know i'll sing i you know i i used to you know get big into editing i'd throw you know trying to find the right song and music to you know add to this scene and it, it was just getting i was just putting so much time into it it was just i didn't i didn't have the time i could never get anything done yeah so i've kind of you know lately avoided that because i would get too like you know when the beat of the music changes you know i want this to happen on the screen and you know I got the, you know, the slider bar in my editing software, you know, shrunk down to like the half second so I can get stuff <laughs> right. lined up perfectly. And, you know, I just, I wanted it so perfect. I just, it's tough for me, tough for me to find time to, you know, just edit everything. Yeah. And I gave it a try last year. Um, This past year, I was going to try and, you know, put out a YouTube video every week, if not, you know, for two, I, I want to do biweekly for sure. But if I could get out every weekly, and I think that lasted till I don't know, I think I put out three videos. And it's like, yeah, I I don't have time for this. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really like. I'll have like three three or four hunts I can put together on a film, but it's basically like the whole month of October. You know, if if we're not shooting does or anything, there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, yeah, we're seeing deer, but it's not like super uh, exciting action. You know what I mean? I mean, if I would have been, you know, having a thousand people watch it, I would have, you know, definitely, you know, sacrificed stuff here and there to make it happen. But, you know, I'm having 100 to 200 views on these videos. It's like, yeah, this this isn't worth my time. I got better things I could be doing out in the woods, you know, trying to, you know, kill a big buck instead of sitting home editing video that 200 people are going to see. Right. Absolutely. Do you that's, have any, you know, any of your – sorry. Go that's ahead, the hardest part is, you know, trying to, you know – the whole tenacious hunter thing we're trying to get it take off but you know it, there's just so many people out there doing it now i would i say i wish i would have started a lot earlier for sure do you do you have any buddies that like to do that sort of thing with you that yeah help um you out there well there's you know me and my friend johnny and jeff you know we we do all the uh the footage but we all live so far apart you know i I see him once a year if I'm lucky. It's, you know, mostly just talking on the phone and through social media and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, that makes it tough. We all live so far apart. Me and Johnny, if we lived closer together, we could really do some good stuff together. But, you know, we're 
we're three and a half hours apart, which makes it tough. You you talked a second ago about having uh, sticks and a hang on. Is is that how you're approaching uh, public land? Yeah, I I say I grew up hunting on the climbers my whole life, and um, that's pretty much all I ever hunted out of was climbers. Uh, you know, up north during gun season, uh, the whole family got together and everybody had their spot. They went and hunted, and that was the only time of year that we hunted out of. You know, back in the day, they used to just go out there with whatever wood they could scrounge up around the house and they'd build a platform up in a crotch of a tree and that's what you hunted out of right but then you know those days of them stands went away and everybody either made a uh like my dad he had a homemade hang on that he hunted out of with a homemade wooden swivel seat he put on and and then uh, he bought me a um i was like a hundred dollar sling seat thing and put a shooting rail on on it for me so gun season we you know had our spot that we sat and we just sit the full nine days in the one spot just you know waiting for a buck to come through and then you know the sticks and the you know the the run and gun type you know stuff started showing up and then i got into that but you know when them first showed on the scene it was like uh i want to say 2013 or 2014 when muddy came out with those first you know run and gun stick setups and stand setups Mm -hmm. you know they were nice, but they were heavy. They were, you know, clunky. They made a bunch of noise. They didn't go out of the tree quiet. And, uh, you know, I tried that a couple hunts a year, just never liked it and got back into the, uh, um, climber. And it was probably 2018 was probably the, the last time I used the climber and just switched strictly to the, the sticks and the hang on just cause you can hunt anywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter if the tree's straight crooked, you can get up there with uh, sticks and hang on and hunt wherever you need to for sure have you thought about going the 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 saddle hunting route i love the saddle i got one i've got a we got the whole tethered setup mm-hmm. and super comfortable i mean i i like it for comfort it's you know i would say it's more comfortable in tree stand you know i'm a big guy i'm Same. six foot three and 300 pounds and you know you get up there in that saddle and then they got that uh that um you know and they call it the mvp now that goes around your back but i had the the i still got the older version whatever they called it then it was like the recliner or something yeah, like that that's what like, i got on mine man it, it you, you i can do without it for the most part but on them long all day sits, you throw that thing in there it's like oh it just takes that yeah. pressure off of you you're like oh my god it feels so much better and all day sits. you want to take a nap you can just turn sideways and get up against the tree in that saddle and take a nap and you don't have to worry about falling out of the tree because <laughs> you can just cinch that recliner up nice and tight you're only going to go this far back and you know a tree stand you're sitting there in the platform and you're you know, you're hunting, doing all day hunts in the rut and you want to take a nap. I mean, all you can do is kind of tuck down like this or tip your head back on the tree and hope you don't tip off the seat while you're sleeping and wake up hanging by your, by your safety harness. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I love my saddle and like uh, gun season. That's my favorite time to use it because you got that tree right in front of you here. So you got, you know, you got gun rests on both sides to shoot. And even if a deer's here, you can lean back and drop down into your bridge and shoot and even me i've taken my gun and i'll you know pinch it right down between my my bridge and my chest and i can just sit here like this and turn him you know my guns right there the whole time yeah this but, was uh this was my first full year i loved it uh it and it's ironic because i was at, i i hunted out of it a lot uh but then with the day that i shot my buck i actually was in a preset hang on i was like man i really wanted to get it done uh 
get it done out of the saddle just to say I've at least done it once. Uh, but uh, when we filmed Adam's Buck, I was in, he was in a lock on and I was on my, uh, uh, in my saddle just off to the side of him. It was awesome, man. I love, I, I kind of fell in love with saddle hunting, really. I, I say I like it, but it's not um, anywhere as a tree stand is. It seemed to me you still had to find some sort of a tree. And, you know, I'm always, you know, I grew up, you know, you want some sort of backdrop behind you. And, uh, you know, to try and find, you know, I'll get up in these, you know, pine trees around here and, you know, you're completely surrounded in branches and to try and shoot out of a saddle at that. It's just too much movement for bow hunting for me. I, I've tried to bow hunting a couple of times and I wish it would work, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the deer up here that's just any little movement and, you know, you have to move so much to shoot out of a saddle Right. where, you know, at the tree stand, you got your back up against tree and your bow is right in front of you here. I mean, you, you can, you can hide that movement where with the saddle and, uh, you know, you see all the epic pictures of the guy hunting out of a saddle and he's got his, his foot up on the platform and he's shooting back out of the tree and <laughs> right. that never happens in real life. In real life, you got the tree in front of you and you're trying to peek around and, you know, shoot out of your saddle and, and, I don't know. I've been I've been up there in the saddle, just hanging off the side of the tree like this, just you know, turning my head, you know, just a little bit, you know, watching deer walk by, and it's like they'll be out there fifty yards, and it's like they see you hanging off the side of the tree, and I just I haven't figured out how to hide in a saddle yet, and it just hasn't worked for me for bow hunting. Yeah, but then gun hunting, you know, I don't have to be in that tree, you know, if I got to move fifteen twenty yards this way or that way to get up in a you know a comfortable tree of the saddle, I can do that because I can shoot two hundred yards for sure. Uh, tell us about your, uh, 2022 season. How'd your, uh, 22 season pan uh, out? Went spectacular. I didn't kill nothing, but it was an awesome hunting season. Um, early season, you know, was, was a struggle as usual. Behind the house here was good. I had standing corn and I let a couple of decent bucks go back there that, you know, if they made it through, there'll be nice ones this year. But, uh, out in the public land, it was kind of the same thing. I had some some really nice bucks in velvet and, you know, deer season to open and they started disappearing. And I've got, I got one spot narrowed down that I have, there's two spots that I stick to on my public land hunting that uh, are good early season. And then, you know, mid October, they, they go to, I don't know, they go to junk. I don't know why I haven't figured it out. I think it's pressure. I think same thing. Um, You know, the people hit the woods and they push them out. And every year I get decent bucks on, on camera there, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, I'll have a shooter standing there, uh, in front of my camera, but I'm always at work. I can just never, you know, there's, like I said, there's no pattern to them up here. It's just, it's just random movement, which, you know, there might be a pattern there, but this, if the camera's not picking it up, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, the, that's like the one, there's this really nice 12 pointer I had on camera this year and, I had two mock scrapes set for him and he hit the one at two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm sitting there watching on my phone like crap. I wish I'd have been in that tree. And you know, I'm, I'm at work. There's nothing I can do about it. And then a half hour before dark, he wandered down swamp and he's standing in front of the other one. I could have killed him out of either tree that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That always sucks. That, I think that's the, I mean, it's not really that big of a negative, but one negative I hate about having cell cams, you know, it's, uh, noon and you're at lunch or something at work and you <laughs> look down at your phone and you got all kinds of pictures of bucks it's like man yeah i gotta wait till four o'clock to get or whatever 2 30 in my case yeah. but some people have to stay at work a little longer 
Yeah, I mean, I like to sell cams. Just so I say, I'm hunting five different counties, and um, you know, you watch the pictures all week. You kind of you got an idea where to you know where to point the truck Saturday morning when you get up at three in the morning to go someplace. Because uh, you know, if you're getting does on this camera, go there. You know, if you got a picture of a person on this other spot, you know, to you know, leave that spot alone. It's just, you know, it's it's nice to have something like that when you only have two days to hunt. It just gets you in the right direction to you know hopefully see some deer and get on a buck. Right. Uh, what's in store for this year? What do you got lined up? You just staying in state Wisconsin? You going anywhere? I don't know. I've you know I've only got so many vacation days to work with and. I, I would like to go out of state this year, but I don't have any time this spring to get out and scout anything. I mean, my schedule's just packed this spring, and I kind of, you know, don't want to go blow money on a tag just going in blind someplace with uh, no scouting done. Um, I'll probably do the same as I did last year for sure. I'll, we got Fort McCoy. I did that hunt with the Hunting Beast, and uh, there was Dan Infault was there, and he was kind of running the show, and then the couple of guys from tether were there lou from stealth outdoors and uh um the exodus guys were there That's and uh cool. that you know that kind of you know i was another eye opener there and a door open to a, another spot to hunt for you know and that you can get an extra buck tag and go hunt down there and it's only a two-hour drive from the house that's awesome and we did a lot of scouting there so i kind of got an idea there and that was kind of last year i i bought a tag for down there and was just you know that was, you know, plan B. If I tagged out out here and had time to go hunt, I was going to go down there and do that. So that'll be for sure this year. Um, same plan. I was kicking around the idea of going to Minnesota for their uh, shotgun season because it's so early. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would like to, you know, you know, if, if it doesn't happen this spring, find a weekend this summer that I can get over there and, you know, at least – see the ground and see what it looks like and not, you know, not just rely on my scouting on Onyx. I feel like, uh, maybe it's just cause I'm from the Midwest. I feel like, uh, Minnesota kind of gets overlooked. I feel like it can be a pretty good bucks day. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I feel it's kind of like Wisconsin, you know, there's a lot of big bucks shot there, but it's just, you know, everybody hunts and, uh, if they don't put it on Facebook, you don't hear about it. Like even that giant that I was hunting, you know, back, you know, 2018 to 2020, you know, I was after him for three years. He got killed uh, in gun season the first day of the 2020 gun season. And one of my buddies that lives in the area and uh, knows he's he's kind of my uh, my um, secret to uh, information down there because he knows everybody and everybody knows he's a big buck hunter. So he he ended up getting a picture texted to him. He's like, up the the deer got killed on opening day and sure enough. So I got, I got a picture of it dead, you know, it's dead, but that was it. You know, where did it go? It's in somebody's basement someplace and you'll never hear about it. Yeah. Right. How big, how big we talking? How big? Oh, was he, it, hundred, he was 180 all day when he got killed. Dang. He was a, he was a perfect, uh, perfect seven, but he was a six by six, but he's actually a perfect seven by seven. Cause he had split G threes on both sides. Nice. Yeah. I got one shed off that deer too. And, uh, it's actually his 2018 shed, and I didn't find it till spring of 2020. Dang. And I don't know where. And it, I'd walked that area, and I either I walked right by it, but we had a big windstorm go through, and it just flattened a bunch of trees. So I don't know if it was just covered up in brush from all the wind that blew the trees down, and then something drug it out. But it was right in the 
you know, a spot that I walked and I, it just sucked. I didn't find it when it was fresher because it was chewed up pretty bad when I did find it. But yeah, it was kind of cool to have one shed off that deer. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, you're a big turkey hunter too, right? You're getting on them big long beards this spring. Yeah. I say that's, that's, uh, what I've been thinking about most years getting, uh, getting out turkey hunting and that's new to me. Um, you know, growing up up North, there was zero turkeys. We didn't have any turkeys. And then, uh, I want to say it was like 2005 was the first turkey season up where I grew up. And I went out hunting with one of my friends and, you know, I was, you know, I had the video camera along back in 2005 and was going to get him on video shooting turkey. And of course we never, we never even saw one. We didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, probably 2014, I started getting back into the turkey hunting and, um, 2014, 2015 was all learning curve. Saw a bunch of turkeys, never shot nothing. And then 2016, when I, you know, really started, I actually bought some nice decoys. I think that made a difference. I was using the, the cheap $20 decoys and just, you know, fleet farm box call and slate call and bought some nice decoys that looked realistic and got real good at mouth calling. And that was kind of the, the game changer there anybody from indiana my local guys that listen to this show they're gonna say fleet farm what's fleet farm it's basically like our rural king here i think it's basically kind of the same thing yeah. <laughs> that's awesome though uh yeah turkey hunt man it's uh it's definitely uh fills my uh void for adrenaline in the spring for sure you know i always miss deer hunting so much you know but do you do it with uh with a gun or do you do it with a bow too I I do it with the gun. You know, I'd like to shoot one with the bow and I've been trying for years, but I'm I don't know, I'm cursed. There's a there's some kind of spell cast on me that I can't shoot one with the bow. I'll I'll go out there with a shotgun and you know, I'll do calling and I'll have two toms run up ten yards away and he could, you know, kill them both and I leave the shotgun home and I take the bow out and I can't get a turkey within two hundred yards of me. <laughs> right and then That's i get how i feel too. then i get ticked off i throw the bull back in the case and grab the gun and go out there and i don't even call and i got one running up you know down near pecking on the end of the barrel it's just i don't know last <laughs> year i thought i had it um i thought i finally broke the curse it was the first day i didn't hunt i had to take the i guess i did hunt in the afternoon a little while but the hunting conditions were crap mm-hmm. but i didn't get out opening morning i'd take the kids to daycare and school and then uh went out the second day and tom came in perfect and uh Man, I was watching back the tacticam footage. I had over the shoulder tacticam going, and I must have drew back on that turkey seven, eight times because he just would never hold still. And uh, finally shot, and the shot looked it looked it looked great. But when he took off out of there, he took off like a rocket. And I thought, man, that didn't look good. That that turkey shouldn't have been moving that fast if he was hurting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hunting with my buddy uh, Tim Hinky, and he was across the swamp behind me sitting on the neighbor's food plot that we had permission to hunt. That's where he shot his turkey the year before. So he was, you know, ready to get right back in that spot and, uh, text him my shot one. He's, well, you need me to come help you? I said, no, I don't want to screw your hunt up and I'll go look myself. And I, the arrow was covered in blood where he, he ran off the field and went about 30 yards and down a little hill. And then it was all like back towards Tim. It was just solid tag alders and tamarack swamp, just super thick. And it was covered in snow yet. And the blood was just spraying until he hit the edge of the woods there and the arrow pulled out. And then that was it. We couldn't find nothing after that. And, uh, I looked for an hour and finally texted him. I said, I don't know where he's at. And him and I looked for another four hours and 
you know, on the snow there, if he was bleeding, it would have been easy to see. So we think he just got airborne there and flew off someplace, and we don't know where he went. That sucks. But even I, when Tim showed up, you know, I'm playing back the footage on the camera, and he's looking in the blind there, and he's like, oh, dead turkey. And he, I mean, he didn't have to watch it, you know, more than once. He just seen the arrow come. I was, you know, I paused it, and I was going frame by frame, just clicking it, and you could just watch that arrow going in there. It hits the turkey. Yep, dead turkey. Let's go find him. And we went and looked for four hours, and we couldn't find that turkey. I don't know where he went. Yeah, most people don't realize, uh, you know, when we talk bow hunting turkeys that you're, uh, what you're aiming for, you know, their, their vitals is a, you know, it's. And they don't like hold that. still either. <laughs> they're, they're usually moving the whole time. Right. I tried it a couple of years ago in Missouri bow hunting, uh, killed one with a gun last year in Michigan. Um, I'm going back to Michigan. I'll probably just take the gun again, but I'm going to West Virginia this year uh, i'm going with my buddy troy delaney he's a huge traditional uh bow guy uh we're gonna get in the double bull and see if we can pull it off uh, i'll take the gun in the, i'll have it in the car let's just say that uh, yeah. but I, i'm gonna try to i want to get that first long beard down with the bow i kind of went on a rampage after that episode last year and i ended up killing four toms after after that with the shotgun <laughs> how many turkeys can you kill up there how many tags did you want to buy really you want to, you could, you could buy 20 tags and kill 20 turkeys. You can buy, as long as there's tags available for the season that you're hunting, you can buy one tag a day. Holy shit. Yeah. That's so, awesome. I, yeah. They got split up into, uh, you got six weeks to hunt and your tag's good for seven days. Mm-hmm. And you know, like zone three here where I live, there's usually leftover, leftover tags for the last two, uh, seasons of hunting. So, you know, up until that time, I mean, until they're sold out, you can buy one tag a day. That's awesome. We can only kill one turkey here in Indiana. Uh, Kill two down in Kentucky where I go down there. Michigan's only one as well. I'm never – I'm never used to having that kind of, I'd be turkey hunting every day. <laughs> I know that's what's, that's, that's what's, that's what's kind of screwed up my deer hunting. You know, I say, I don't have any time to scout this year. Well, I got so big into turkey hunting and you can go out there and, you know, I mean, uh, uh, what was it? 20. I mean, you shoot a turkey and like, well, I want to keep hunting today. You could get on your phone and whoop, there's tags available. Buy another one. You throw the turkey in the truck and away you go. Um, that's awesome. I've seen the breaking point guys. I've watched their turkey hunts. They've done that. They've, they went out, shot one, jumped on their phone, bought another tag, and throw that one in the truck and go right back after another one. That's uh, awesome. I think it was 20, what year was it, 2021? I had two times. I, I actually went and hunted. I usually hunt, uh, I got a couple of different properties that I got permission to turkey hunt. And I went back to one of my old public land spots. Me and Tim were out running around on it. We didn't see any turkeys on this spot. I'm like, God, this used to be such a good spot. I mean, I, I just got to, you know, get back out here and try it. I hadn't tried it in like, you know, five years in this spot. And I got out there and, you know, got settled into my spot where I'd always hunted. And you could tell somebody else had been hunting there because the, the tree that I sat up against, not that year, but, you know, like a year prior, they had, you know, cut the branches off. You could see where they had sawed the branches <laughs> yeah. off so they could get up in there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like in the field on some VPA land. So, you know, it wasn't, the spot wasn't a secret. And anyways, um, I got in there and I turned the camera on at first light and I thought, well, I'll do some calling and, you know, if anything gobbles, at least I'll have the audio and the sun coming up when he, when he lets loose. And I let out a few yelps and that turkey literally gobbled right, right over the first thing I did, I reached over and I grabbed the view, like the view screen 
and I turned it down because I figured that turkey's looking right down at me and he's seeing that that camera screen glowing down there. And anyways, I mean, he, he sounded like he was right above me. That's awesome. I bet that made the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. You know, <laughs> and then it sounded like he pitched down and like landed over here. And then at first light, it was actually, there was two turkeys. There was another one that gobbled over, you know, this, this way from me. I thought this was the turkey here. It pitched down and gobbled over there, but actually it was a turkey over there gobbled. And these two toms walked out and I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there with a shotgun there out there 30 yards and I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to let this happen. And I let them go out there and they, you know, danced around the decoys. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to, you know, watch the show. And I must've got 10 minutes of footage while they're out there beating up them decoys. That's awesome. And the one was strutting the whole time. The other one was just kind of watching. And after 10 minutes, I got time to shoot them. And uh, then, then the shot, the footage actually kind of turned out crappy because I, he was up shooting and they're moving around. And, you know, I just got the shot on the corner of the camera. I should have had it zoom back a little bit. But after I shot that turkey, the other one, he just stood there and kind of ran out in the field. And, you know, um, he stood out there gobbling his head off. And I'm thinking I could do just like I've seen other guys do. I could jump on my phone here. You know, I could point the camera at my phone, show me, you know, buying a tag after I just killed this turkey. You know, tag purchase were legal, throw my phone in my pocket, and I could shoot the next one. That's awesome. But yeah. I, I, I was like, whatever, I got one. That's good enough. So I just, you know, left the other one left him alone until the following year <laughs> right well buddy I, I appreciate you coming on the show man it's been an awesome conversation i always love hearing wisconsin deer talk yeah. uh one of these days uh maybe we can hook up there somewhere have you come down here and do some film hunts and stuff yeah i said that'd be fun and you know you could do another podcast and, you know maybe just pick one topic and kind of stick to that and break it down for sure, for sure. Yeah. We could, you could you could pick mock scrapes, you could pick trail cameras, you know, whatever you want to talk about. I could, you know, I could go on and on and on for, you know, a solid hour about how I do it and why I do it. For sure, yeah, I'll definitely have you back on the show. Maybe uh, uh, if you uh, get a long beard down, we can do a Spring Thunder episode and have you yeah. talk about your turkey hunt and we can dive deep in some of that turkey talk. I say I, I had I had a couple things written down here to maybe touch on. Like we didn't even, we didn't even get into trail cameras. I mean, me and my trail right. cameras. I'm crazy about them trail cameras, especially you know the cell cameras. You know, I kind of treat my, my my cell cameras like you know I would compare it to how people treat ground blinds. You know, they'll put a ground blind out there for deer hunting. And, you know, they get it out there weeks in advance and they brush it in. You know, I'm the same thing with my with my uh, trail cameras. You know, mm-hmm. I put my trail cameras out there where I'm going to get you know, the best intel on the best buck in the area. But then again, you don't want that camera sitting out in the woods scaring the best buck out of the area. For so, sure. you know, I get, I get real creative with my trail cam setups and I, I brush them in as best as I can. And, you know, so that camera's not even there. Right. That's cool, buddy. Tell, uh, tell everybody where they can find you out on social media and follow uh tenacious hunter. Yeah. We, um, you know, face, Facebook and Instagram, that's probably where we've, uh, post our most up-to-date content uh i like i said before i i would like to post more videos on youtube but i just i don't have the time if i wasn't so picky i'd probably have the time if you know if i just threw a video together but you know i i'm i'm a perfectionist it's got to be perfect or i'm not putting it on there right so i say we got our youtube channel we got some really good uh hunts on there from the past uh um i well where i met you on um go wild Yep. That's kind of that's kind of new for me. I think I started that back August of last year. It's I've a been great keep, platform. 
I've I've been keeping up on that because I think we're kind of headed down the road to where the uh, the hunting stuff isn't going to be allowed on the on the normal you know social media platforms. I think there's going to be the day down the road where we're going to need stuff like Go Wild. For sure, yeah. I got um, I put a a video together on TikTok the other day. Great video. Didn't show anything crazy and i mean that i literally didn't put anything crazy on there and they got banned in the first 10 minutes it was on there and it, i didn't even do it the only thing i could think of is we were fishing and the, my buddy pulled a walleye up out of the water and it was just like a 0.2 seconds of a, a clip and they've said yep. that i violated community guidelines somehow. i've been getting into the tiktok because you know that's where everybody's at right now for sure for sure you know if you want to get your content out there tiktok's the place to be because that's everybody's watching and i've I'm on a 30-day something or other right now because I've, I've burned all three of my strikes on there. Did you watch the one I put this morning of me reaping the turkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was an that, awesome one. That one, I got kicked. I got, that one got uh, deleted off TikTok when I first posted it this morning. Because, <laughs> well, at the end of the – it's the same video as that's on there right now. It's the same everything. But at the end of the video, I had a picture of me sitting next to the turkey I killed and then the reaper decoy, you know, kind of showing – Cause you can't really tell in that TikTok video what I'm crawling behind. Right. So I had a picture of me and my turkey and the Reaper decoy. And, you know, I think that's what got me, got me nailed there. Yeah. So I took that picture off the back and all this, this other one survived so far. <laughs> right. Well, everybody, if you're uh, listening on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else, you can find us, give us a rate and review, like the episode, share with your friends. If you're on YouTube, Hit that like and subscribe button for us, and uh, we'll see you again here next week. All right. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, buddy.